Well, it's time again for a special edition of Stories from Bittersweet Farm. This is Ken Pierpont, and this is Stories from Bittersweet Farm, where every day is a beautiful day, and a little light in the kitchen is always on. And I promise that the next episode of Stories from Bittersweet Farm would follow up on the chapter, the most recent chapter that I read out of my first book, Sunset on Summer, which was called Help with Big Decisions. If you haven't heard or read that story or heard that story, back up one episode and make sure that you re- you listen to that episode, Help with Big Decisions, or you read that. So you'll have some context for the story that I'm about to tell you. I was tempted to uh, create a script for this, but I decided just to um, just to uh, uh, do this without a script. So this is going to be an unscripted, uh, off-the-cuff, off-the-shoulder uh, follow-up story, uh, in particular about Holly. Before I tell you that, I, I want to say this. I have, Lois and I have four sons and four daughters, Kyle, Holly, Chuck, Heidi, Hannah, Dan, Wes, and Hope. And all of them have had, all of them have been married and, uh, all of them have their own stories. And, um, every one of those stories and, and one of those, every one of those life stories has its own wonderful uniqueness. And we can see the hand of the Lord in all of them. Some of those stories, there are painful pieces in them. And that's not the purpose of our conversation today or this story, but they will be in the future. Uh, if you have some interest in that, you might even read the, my book, Finding Bittersweet, which tells one of the things that God did, mining sweetness out of the bitter in a circumstance in, in our life. But today's story is just about Holly, because the story, yesterday's story, was about Holly. So having said that, there will be other days we can return and we can tell Kyle's story and Heidi's story and Chuck's story and Hannah's story and Heidi, Daniel's story, Wes's story and Hope's story. Oh my goodness, they're all great, great stories uh, to tell. And uh, But today, here's what happened with Holly. So back those years ago, maybe about 2000, uh, we were there at Lake Michigan and I said, um, I hope your husband and I are best friends. And she says, well, you will be because you're going to pick him. Well, obviously I didn't pick him. We didn't pick out our kids' mates for them, but we did participate as, as much as they were willing to allow us to. And they all did. They all married people that we, that they all married with our blessing. And um, in, in a couple of cases, the boys went off to the South uh, West to work and, and met their uh, wives and brought them home. And we, we love them and thank God for them. And we weren't as involved uh, there as some of the kids that they found their mates here in the state of of Michigan, or even in our own church. But Holly was 30 before she married. And uh, so to her, she felt like an old maid. And I would take her to work every day. That's a little school that she was going to and to work. And we would talk and she would tell me all her heart about how frustrating it was, guys that would come into her life that really wouldn't be guys that she wanted to marry or wondered if she should, or guys that she kind of maybe thought she had hoped would maybe show her some attention and they didn't for some reason. And did why was it just seemed like God was hiding her. And then, and then she would maybe see a guy would come to see her and I would think he's a boy, he's not a man. And 
I got to praying and thinking about that. And Holly and I had lots of late night conversations in her room. And Lois was involved in those conversations frequently. And Lois and I would pray, lie in bed at night, pray for Holly. And, and, uh, and guys would kind of come and go, some of whom were just not guys we thought they were. There were exceptions. There were fine young men who showed interest in her. But on one occasion, I remember taking her aside and saying to Holly, Holly, I think the guy that you're going to marry is going to be a guy you can follow spiritually. And you're a strong, you're a strong, spiritually strong, spiritually engaged person. And the guy who's going to lead you is going to be really spiritually strong. This guy's going to be a leader and and he's going to be not a follower. He's going to be, I think he's going to be a man and he's not going to be a boy. I mean, you're not a kid. I, I thought for a while that Holly would marry a guy that maybe was in seminary now, but then I thought, well, he'd be really a dumb seminary because he took so long, but she didn't end up marrying a guy that went to seminary. And we bought her a courtship ring when she was 16. And then after, before she was married, the courtship ring broke and she was complaining about the courtship ring breaking. And I said, well, it wasn't supposed to last this long. So we got a cheap laugh out of that. And she was good natured about that. But I said to her once, I think the man you're going to marry, and I just felt like the Lord gave me this in my soul. The man you're going to marry is going to be a man. He's going to have accomplished something. And he's going to be, when he walks in the room, people are going to know a man walked in the room, not a boy, not a child, but a a spiritual leader, a solid Christian, a man. And then as I thought about it even more, I even had kind of a visual idea about what he would look like in my mind. He was kind of like taller and dark hair and... I had some specific physical characteristics that would pop in my mind. But when I would tell those to Lois, she would say, don't say anything about that. It's a little creepy, you know? So I thought, well, you know, he, he may be different, but I see him as a leader, a man, a guy who's accomplished something, tall, dark hair, cleft chin, walks in the room. People say this is a man. Well, on the April 7th, uh, I think it would have been the year... 2013, she got up and it was a Sunday morning and she was grooming for church. And she said, I think I'm going to meet the man that I'm going to marry today. So we were all really attentive at church who, are there any new guys at church? Because she hadn't shown interest in any of the guys that were there, but there were no new guys in church that Sunday. And we went home that afternoon and we were sitting in our living room and I was looking at my iPad and she was looking at her iPad. And she says, did you know that Luke Long has a brother. And I remember Luke Long from uh, the character in. And I remember that when he came to visit the girl that he married at the character in, everybody was, there was kind of a buzz because he was a sharp guy and he was a godly guy and he was a handsome guy. And and uh, the girl that he was dating was a really highly regarded girl. People thought a lot of her. We did thought a lot of her. And I thought, Luke Long, that's interesting. She has a, she has a brother. I go, is he is he handsome or is he, is he godly like Luke? Yeah. He's been a missionary in Tanzania for years. And I've been following his, I think four years I've been following his blog. I said, is he handsome? And she goes, she turned and showed me the picture. And when she did, I'm like, that really looked remarkably like the guy in my mind. I said, Holly, you should friend him. And she goes, I don't friend guys. I go, you're not getting any younger. And I want to put a study in your room. So why don't you friend him? And she didn't think that was funny. Sunday night, we went to church and I preached. And as I got finished with my sermon and walked back past her pew, I said to her, did you friend him? And she says, no, but we're friends. I said, how did that happen? She goes, I sent him a private message. that said, you need to friend me. And, uh, and so they 
it wasn't long uh, until he was flying for his company and he flew in from Amsterdam to Detroit and they had their first date and they hit it off. Long story short, they've been married for years, five, six, seven years, 14, seven years, 2014, 2021, four, seven years she's been living in Oregon to this guy who is tall with dark hair and a cleft chin and he's a leader and he had accomplished something and he's a man. When he walked in a room, people knew a man had walked in a room. His name is Jesse. Anyway, I told Holly years ago, you know, you, God is the author of life. You give him the pen. It's amazing the stories that he can write. He'll write things you and I wouldn't even have thought of writing into your story. And that's the way her story has been. And now they have two little children. They live in a house on the coast out in Astoria, Oregon, right on the Pacific coast. And they have a little boy named Ada Redemption, a little girl named Bella Aline. And, um, and Jesse is an answer to prayer. We thank God for uh, every single day. That's a story from out on Bittersweet Farm today, where every day is a beautiful day and little light in the kitchen is always on.